All right, Connie, you are a franchise veteran. That's a that's a big term. How do, I, how do, I am. How do you uh, how do you fall into this industry? That's always my first question. How did you fall into franchising? Well, I actually did kind of fall into franchising. So I was working for a custom home builder, and I sold a house to a guy that just got hired on to head up um, development for the Baskin side of Duncan Brands. And uh, through the process, he, uh, I think his actual words were, hey, Connie, you know, I don't, I don't even know at this point if you could spell franchising, but I think you could actually do really good. I think it would be a really good career for you if you're interested in starting at the bottom and working your way up. And that was, I think, in like 2006 or 2007. Uh, and, you know, come to find out I could spell franchising, um, but I've hung out here ever since. So started out as a coordinator. I tell people it was the hardest job I've ever had making other people look good. Um, it's tough. Uh, luckily, I was able to work my way up to a development position uh, within less than a year. And I kind of, like I said, been hanging out here ever since and, and love, love franchising. You can't get away from it. When you got involved, what was your perception of franchising? Like, and it's hard to think back and, and say, this is the, this is what you thought franchising was then. But how, what, what did you see it as? And where did it end up changing? How did your mind end up changing or adapting as as you built your career right so kind of like everybody else you just think it's mcdonald's right now chick-fil-a um so it's you know kind of a business model for people who want to own a restaurant right to grow and scale so that was kind of my perception initially um kind of fast forward now i look at it as it's one of the most unique business models there are because the franchisees are really the ones on the front lines doing the heavy lifting. I would always say franchisees it paid, really paid my bills, you know, even though the franchisor signed my paycheck. So having that relationship and really truly understanding their value piece of the business, the critical ones that make it all work. Um, but you don't really work for them, they don't work for you. It's a partnership, but it's business owners just really getting behind a proven system and executing. And, um, you know, even take it further, my piece with Prospect Direct, I'd always work for quick service restaurant brands. Um, and just now like the service brands, just the industry, it's, it covers, I can't think of one thing that um, there isn't a franchise for now. Um, it's so vast. There's so many different opportunities, no matter, no matter what your background is. Um, there's gonna be something in the franchise space that you can really do and love and enjoy and take the skills you learned in the corporate world or wherever else and incorporate into franchising. Uh, I don't think I realized that until I was on the prospect direct side of how vast it was. So I think that's how my perception has changed a little bit. If you were to reflect backwards on uh, your development career, when you were, you were helping sell franchises, what's one thing that you're super proud of? And one thing that in retrospect, you would have changed about your sales process? It's a great question. So I think one thing that I'm super proud of uh, was just the ability to get in there and create those relationships in understand early on that you know what you what you put in place today you know you two three five years down the road you know those are the people they need to be successful because if they're not when it comes to validation you don't have you know you can't bring other people in and so understanding that relationship and always looking at even though you know you know i, talk, I see people at conferences and it's like you know they're at this brand for two or three years or at this brand for two or three years my my goal was always to be with the brand long term. Um, so I knew that 
if I didn't set people up for success and I didn't do the hard work to bring the right people aboard, um, you know, it was only a matter of time before I would need to validate. And if that person wasn't happy or I didn't make the right call on the front side, I couldn't benefit on the back side. So I think that's something that learning that early on and truly, you know, working for Duncan Brands, the, one of the largest franchisors in the world, um, really instilled that in me to kind of help me move forward. Um, I think the next question was, what, what do I wish I would have done better? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, just maybe moving sometimes quicker or, you know, a lot of times just focusing on what you can control and what you can do as opposed to, you know, kind of getting in the, the mix of, you know, there's so many things out of your control if everything was perfect. It's like, no, there, there's an element that you can control. There's an element that you can fix and you can change. Focus on that because what you bring to the table with focusing on the areas that you can improve, again, put you in a position. I think buying into that mindset early on as opposed to the victim mentality, really the proactive mentality, um, you know, we can always do better at that. I think through how sales is evolving and I think more so today, whether, whether the whole industry is bought into this or not, uh, I think it's more franchise development than franchise sales. And I think the same is true. Go back to your life and as a selling homes uh, for a home builder. I think the real estate agent has also changed that it's not about selling, it's about developing because there's so many tools in the hand of the buyer. And so the buyer gets to go and do their own homework and come back and say, this is what I'm interested in, help facilitate this. Do you tend to agree that it's less sales today? Or do you, on your side, when you're working with franchisors, are they selling franchise or are they developing franchise owners? I think developing for sure. Like like you said, the we can at our fingertips, everybody can be educated and get the information. It's creating those relationships. It's really listening to the person, kind of what, you know, what moves them, what lights their eyes up and really making sure that what you're offering is fitting what they're looking for. And I look at it as, you know, it's playing ball, right? So it's like, hey, we're going through a process here together. This might not be the right fit either way, but here's what needs to happen next. You throw the ball in somebody's court and then they take action, throw it back in your court. And through that process of just working together, learning, um, development is a way better term to use in sales, I think. Um, it's a sales process, but it's that developing that relationship, developing that cadence of, you know, hey, franchising is following a proven system, right? So if you can't follow a proven system from the very beginning, I can't sell you anything because I'm, we're not playing ball yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just educating, learning, following a proven system from up front and making sure you're working with the right people. Switch gears, go go into Prospect Direct. Tell tell whoever's watching this what it is and the problem that you solve. Right, so I always tell people, you know, we're not, you know, we're not an agency. We're not really a typical lead gen company. We're franchise salespeople who got frustrated with crappy leads and did something about it. So, you know, selling franchises, I, I remember when Alex reached out to me, the founder of Prospect Direct and said, hey, you know, do you want to come be part of this? You know, we're not on my own. Like, I think I said hard pass, absolutely not. Number one, working for a vendor, not interested. Number two, working for you, probably not. Number three, lead gen, like that's the dirtiest of the dirtiest man. Like, I don't want any part of it. So I've I've said never like two or three times in my life and it's always turned out that that's what I end up doing. So, you know, here we are, gosh, five plus years later, blowing and going. I think we're one of the fastest growing lead gen companies in the franchise space today. So been a pretty wild ride and it's basically just taking like 
you know, the, the way that everybody's doing lead gen for the most part, right? You're kind of flipping it. Um, so most lead gen companies, it's based on somebody raising their hand digitally or somewhere saying, hey, I'm interested in owning my own business. I'm interested in franchising, whatever, right? Um, we look at it as, hey, baseline, you want people who have money, business acumen, right? So why not start with somebody who kind of meets those specs first and just and see if somebody who can at least have that intelligent conversation um, is interested in, in the brands. And that's kind of how we, we do it as opposed to just kind of going after the people that are raising their hands. We go after people we think would be the right fit to have conversations with brands just based on a few simple things, money and business acumen. So targeting seniorities, targeting top level executives with a personal outreach of just, hey, here's who I am, here's what I do, here's why I'm reaching out to you, here's some cool stuff about our brand. If you're interested and want to talk more, let me know. And so that's kind of what we do. So it's pretty simple and basic. Everything we do is outbound email, um, but it's just generating interest in a different way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still a lead, right? It's still lead gen. It's still franchise development. You know, it's, there's no magic bullet or um, to like, oh my gosh, these people are all going to convert to franchisees. No, I mean, you still got to do the work. You still got to, you know, make the calls. You still got to play ball. Um, but getting in front of raising their hand is just a different approach. So you're, so in essence, you're, you're saying let's, let's figure out the persona of the buyer for brand X. Let's go find them however we can, uh, and see if they're willing to have a conversation with brand X. Um, but that doesn't mean they're far down the line of understanding what franchising is. It's more so your, your, uh, your networking device for franchisors. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, I think so. So one of the things I tell people is, you know, just because our people have, you know, they're, you know, maybe VPs or CEOs or they own other businesses, they might, they might not know the baseline of franchising. So a lot of these industry terms that we're like so sick of hearing, like in business for yourself, but not by yourself and, and things, they might not have ever heard. So when it comes to franchising, it might be really green. So to get them on that side and be able to talk to somebody who knows how to, you know, manage employees and, and is in a high up position, but you really get to talk to them about the franchise model and the beauty of it, um, it's kind of nice. But some people are like, oh my gosh, it should take a little bit longer to get to the finish line. But you also, they're not, they haven't been kicking tires for two and three years, you know, going to discovery days or, you know, 10 different brands and, you know, just kind of bumbling around. There are yeah. people who are genuinely interested because of your brand and because of the personal outreach. So, yeah. I would imagine a challenge that you run into is, and and it's 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 always whatever the whatever the franchise or uh, whatever the buzzword is that they need at the time. So, I can think through CEOs that we've worked with. And I go, what do you need? And they go, we want leads. Mm -hmm. So leads, you you give them leads. <laughs> They go, but all of them were tire kickers. None of them closed. So mm -hmm. you actually wanted deals. You didn't want leads, right? Well, yeah, but I wanted leads. I would imagine you fight that same challenge that you're giving the franchisor what they've asked for. But ultimately, if they don't convert, then they blame, blame you. They don't look at their own business model. Yeah, I, you know, and, and to me being on the side of the person buying the leads and working with lead gen companies and like literally I would tell people like working leads black into my soul, right? Because, and so I, I, I was on that side, I get it. Like I want leads, but I also want good leads that freaking convert, right? So it's not just leads. And so 
you know, it's really easy to blame the brand, right? It's really easy to say, oh, well, they just don't have the right sales process. Now, at some point in time, you have to, you know, our leads are a little bit different. So our job is to educate them on, hey, we're creating, a, you know, we're doing an intro, you know, so we're talking to them like, hey, you're, you're kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. You know, we've got some cool stuff going on. You interested? And then you, you know, automatically send them an auto response when I send you the lead and you start taking them through a, you know, an auto response funnel on your CRM, like absolutely not. So it's just a little bit of a different process in understanding that every lead isn't the same. Every lead gen company might, might take a little bit different. So um, I had a brand that, you know, worked with us and went away and came back. And I was like, you know, you, you went away because, you know, it was kind of like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole because we do things differently, right? You had a bunch of, you know, junior level um, coordinators who were kind of smiling and dialing. And I'm, you know, top level executives, right? They think they're going to talk to the guy who reached out to him. It just, it, we need to make sure that like, no, we're, we're good. We've changed it. We understand we have one person. So it's just figuring that out and, and working on it. So I hate saying, oh, the salesperson didn't do a great job. No, I think it's a partnership. And I think we need to understand, hey, this is the type of lead. You still got to work it. But at the end of the day, if you think your CRM or technology is going to sell a franchise, we're not the right legion company for you. Well, I also think it's it's nearly impossible to sell someone on a franchise because at the end of the day, you're trying to convince someone to invest their life savings into a business they have little to no control over. That's a very complex thing. And so you can't sell people on it. Ultimately, you can help facilitate and answer their questions and help them come to the conclusion that this is what I want to do next in my life, but it's really hard to sell. So now you, that, that you take those those tough components plus uh, personality mixes, whether whether a salesperson can mix with that, that human being and make them feel confident. There's so many different elements to it. And I think, I think franchise sales is oversimplified when it is the most complex thing in the world to sell. A hundred percent. And you know, when you're selling, it's the best, easiest job you've ever had. And when you're not, it's the most miserable thing you could ever do, right? Um, and I was listening to a past, I think one of yours, and it's like, you know, everybody's, you know, the sayings you're only good as your next sale, right? We don't celebrate the wins and be like, wow, we just brought an amazing group into this organization who's really going to help position this brand, you know, and really do some heavy lifting this market and all of the great things that come along with bringing in a great franchise partner. It's like, cool, got this one in the bag, onward and upward, and you, like, everybody's looking for the next one. It's like, no, these, from my experience, you bring in the right person and guess what? That person is telling their friends and family and people like to hang out with people who act like them. So when you right. find somebody great, having somebody great that they recommend is such a key. I think when I was at Witch Witch, I mean, I sold Chicago to, you know, one guy and then all of his friends who were, you know, franchise or I think a little Caesars or something. So it was, it's just kind of tapping into that. And, you know, again, it goes back to just treating people right and understanding like what to do. Obviously, you're, I mean, you're in a great business segment because every franchisor wants leads. Does that mean growth is, is good and stable or does that mean like, does it just constantly put more, more and more pressure on you? So it's, it's interesting because, you know, it, you know, right now I have probably four or five people I've worked with that now they're on their like third brand. And so when they come in, they're like, oh yeah, my secret weapon is prospect direct. And so, you know, it's like, cool, we're still working with the brand that they started with and the one that they went to and the one that they're with now. Um, so those relationships, and there's some people that, you know, they do the, you know, minimum with us 
and you know they don't get a conversion and they go away and so we are limited in a way based on our database we have a massive database but at the end of the day you know especially for our six-figure top-level executive audience um, we can't create more of those people in certain markets than there already are uh, so we get to a point where we're limited you know we're you know i think just this year i've been on a wait list for my executive platform like two times um, so that's probably my limitation is making sure that, you know, there's a lot of things we could change to lessen the quality of the leads to bring more people on, but knowing on the flip side and being in the position they're in, there are certain things you got to do it. You got to do it the right way. Um, and again, knowing that you're not for everyone, kind of like with franchisors, we, we're not a solution for every brand out there. Um, and just understanding that, knowing it and creating those relationships and, you know, saying no to brands that like, well, we do it this way, we do it this way. I'm like, cool, I, I wish you the best of luck. Um, but you're just not, you're not gonna get the value out of our leads because that's not how we do it. And that's okay because your model is set up for every other lead gen company out there. It's just not set up for us. So I have the confidence to tell people that because I understand the value of deals versus leads, right? And so if I'm just providing you leads that you can't convert and knowing that on the front side, I would rather walk away saying, hey, when you see me at a conference, say hi, let's have a friendly with a relationship than you telling, you know, all your franchise friends, ah, that's plenty of prospect direct, you know, they suck, I couldn't get a deal from them. Like, that's just not who we are. So I'd rather not work with you than work with you, you know, in that regard, so. Do you end up seeing the biggest competitor as the franchise brokers? Because they ultimately want those same people and they want to facilitate them through to a deal. Um, no, I think franchise brokers are awesome. I, again, coming from QSR, you know, I, we work with probably 50 franchise broker consultants from all the different networks. And, um, you know, some of these brands tell me, oh man, brokers are where it's at. They have the best leads that I'm like, they're my freaking leads. They just work better than you. Um, you know, hmm. uh, so I don't look at them as a competition at all. I look at them as a huge resource for the brands. Um, if I could help more of them, I would, but I, you know, I'm limited in my audience for brokers as well. So I think they do a great job. And I think a lot more brands are going to the broker model um, because they they're able to put them in front of people and, you know, they take sales process um, and the broker does all that. And then they hand them off, you know, depending on the network at discovery day. So I think it's a great model. All right, Connie. So there's someone that's listened to our conversation up to this point. Uh -huh. uh, they're a ghost. They have not used Prospect Direct before. What do you want them to know about you to make them use you as their next decision? Um, I think that I hope I'm. I hope it's a development person, um, and I hope this conversation resonates because everybody that I talk to, they're like, "Oh my gosh, yes, they do suck." Tell me about something that's going to help it. Not you know, give me in front of a person I could have an intelligent conversation with. I think that's the difference because we lived it, breathed it. And when we went out with the company, there's a few things I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Here's some of the things that I couldn't stand. Um, we're not going to do it. So knowing that we experienced it on that end, we're not just marketing people or we're not just people who, you know, come from a different, you know, advertising world. Um, we did it. We saw a gap and we thought of a way to do it better. That really truly helps people take leads and convert them to deals. Because starting with a lead that has, like I said, money and business acumen to begin with is, you know, the two major hurdles people deal with. It's like, you know, yes, culture is a huge thing, making sure they're the right fit, right? Um, but you got to get in front of the right person to have those conversations with. 
And I think that's what Prospect North does. Love it. Connie, uh, I've known you for a very long time. You just bounced out, now you're back. Uh, <laughs> said I've known you for a very long time. Uh, you're one of the good people in franchising. Uh, look forward to seeing where your story continues to evolve. Um, thanks for doing this. Awesome, thank you, I appreciate it. For Connie, I'm Nick. If you want more information on Prospect Direct, you see the website on the screen. It's very easy, just add the .com to the words I just said. You can go find more about them or you can find Connie on LinkedIn. This is another episode of Meet the Supplier. <laughs>